0: Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us once again. This is our second
1: show of the brand new year, and I had Jeremy on last week Jeremy is our newest chaplain, and he's going to be counseling. He's going to be doing the chaplain thing, and and we're even going to break him out of his shell, make him give us a sermon one day. But we'll <laughs> wait till he's ready for that. He's already a, a good teacher, and so he'll be doing classes with us, with our guys. When we are at capacity, we now have the capacity for 28 men on our – our recovery program. Uh, recovery might be kind of a stretch to say because sometimes there's nothing to recover to. In other words, sometimes a person's life has been so broken f- since the time they were little, there isn't, it, it's a misnomer to say recover to that life. So what we need to do is we need them not to recover to the old life. But to be transformed from the life they have to the new life in Christ. Amen. To walk in that newness of life, to experience the first time. Some of our guys, it's amazing when during the summertime, I'm going to send Jeremy and some of the guys, and they're going to go out maybe with Eric or with Pastor Mooney, and they're going to go to a ball game. And you say to yourself, "Well, why would you spend the money to send them to a river cats game? Because they've never experienced a time when they did anything, when they're off drugs and alcohol. And some of these guys, when you take them to the fair or you take them to a ballpark, or you show them that kind of stuff that that we have all taken for granted. They're just amazed and they're so grateful. It connects our chaplains and and our teachers, to the guys and the guys. Can you imagine in your whole life, never going to a movie when you were sober, never going to a ballpark when you were sober. And now they get to experience all this stuff and we get to show them that on the other side of drugs and alcohol on the other side, when you are walking with Christ, you can enjoy yourself so much without all that other stuff coming into play. And so, uh, I am looking forward to this next year. last two years have been tough, uh, but you know what? They have certainly not been without grace. Uh, There was grace when my wife went home to be with the Lord. We were married 47 years, and there was grace. She had been an aerobics instructor and all those kind of things. She had gotten MS, and she was... Her health was deteriorating, always faithful to God. I know where she is. I know that she is happy in the arms of the Lord. As Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be home with the Lord, and so I know where she's at. The storms, the things that happened, the fallen trees, the winter problems, the electricity out for a couple of weeks, all those things— are minor inconveniences along the path that comes to, to, the, to God. And so I saw in those disasters, I saw God's grace. I saw his comfort, his arms around me, when I know that there were things that you just couldn't have handled by yourself. Because it's true. He, he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I mean, what better guarantee do you want? Do you know that the word immutable means does not change? And so God is immutable. He doesn't change from one time to another time. He doesn't say today you're saved and tomorrow, well, you've offended me, you're gone. No, when you are saved, he holds you in his hand and he brings you, as Jeremy and I were talking about, through that time of sanctification, he He justifies us, then he brings us through sanctification and then he will bring us into glorification when we are called home to be with him. Our path is certain. We're not having to to strain and go, "Oh my gosh, did I did I did I mess up? Did I think the wrong thing? Did I do the wrong thing? Does God not love me anymore?" No. Listen, I read this daily devotional called New Morning Mercies and Paul David Tripp said God never loves you any more than the day you were first saved. He never loves you any more. And guess what? He doesn't love you any less on the worst day you ever had than he does right now. And so when we are working in the kingdom of God, as Jeremy and I were talking off air, when we're working in the kingdom of God, we're not working for God's approval, We're not working so that God will accept us. God has accepted us, approved us, covered us with his son's righteousness, and now we get the opportunity to serve God. And and so we're not working our way to heaven. We're just praising our way uh, for all that God does through us. Would you say that's pretty much it, Jeremy. Amen, Pastor Lane. I'm
2: enjoying (laughs) hearing you talk about all all those benefits uh, to be in Christ, uh, the certainty of our salvation, the perfect righteousness of His that we receive when we believe in Him by faith, um, the love that doesn't decrease or increase based on our performance, and oh, how prone we are to have a pragmatic view of uh, God's view of us based on how good we're doing or Um, how many spiritual disciplines we've done in the day. But um, yeah, we are worshiping our way through life now. We are worshiping our way through sanctification Mm -hmm. based on what has been done for us and the certainties that the gospel provides for us.
1: Amen. That's exactly right. And one of the reasons it is so hard for us to accept that, in my opinion, is that that's how we view other people. You know, as long as you do what I want, give me what I need, then I'm going to be your friend. I care about you. But you disappoint me, you betray me, you do something, and then you're you're gone. God isn't human. God isn't like us. We are made in his image, but certainly his ways are not our ways. His ways are so much higher than our ways, and he said it. So to Jeremy's point, you know— we don't have to worry about about that aspect of our walk with Christ. You know what? Years ago, Jeremy, I was listening to a guy who had—his uh, wife had gotten breast cancer, and she had to have a mastectomy, mm. and he just couldn't handle it, so he left her. Mm. Okay, that's not love, and that is not how our God works, and that's not how we should love— And we should care for, we should love and care sacrificially. So that guy might have been in lust with that woman, but he certainly wasn't in love with her, not biblical love. Right, right. Because biblical love doesn't operate on that plane, does it? Right. I think a God,
2: uh, having a dialogue about the Israelites, I didn't choose you because you're more in number or you're anything greater than any surrounding nations. I chose you because I chose you, and I I chose to love you to be the object of my affections, of my love, because I did it that way, because I'm God. And that's that's God's love in contrast with
1: the world's love, the pragmatic love of the world. No, and that's exactly true, and there's so many illustrations through the Bible, and some of those illustrations you shake your head at. I mean, you know, if you're not a believer— and even if you are a believer, like the story of Gomer, I mean, you know, mm. here she is, she just cheats on him all the time. And yet he's he's God says, no, 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 no. You, you forgive her, take her back. And it was the illustration of God's uh, husbandry to Israel and yeah. Israel's infidelity to God all the time. And, you know, most of us, I can't imagine how you could get all the way through your process of sanctification and not realize how many times that you've also done the same thing to God, right? Right, yeah. Uh, and and when you tell people, guess what? When God drew you, you were his enemy. Yeah, man, I'm not an enemy of God. Really? Hmm. <laughs> well, yes, you were. And yet he chose us, He he drew us, He loves us. He keeps us. And to your point, Jeremy, I can't look at me and say, oh, I see why God would choose me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, And there's those moments when you've done something, and I think that's one of the things. If you do something and you sin, and, you know, it's not one of the little the so-called little sins like you know the guy cut me off in traffic and i'm mad at him but it's one of the bigger sins that's when we start to lose our assurance of salvation wouldn't you say jeremy
2: <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> right
1: yeah a little out of the
2: uh, out of step there yeah yeah
1: but is it true
2: That we uh, feel like uh, our assurance is is lacking when we're not living up to a certain standard. But is it
1: true we've lost it?
2: Absolutely not. No. no. I mean, we have not lost our salvation. Well, yeah. Uh, I didn't get myself into this, um, and I can't get myself out of it. And
1: that is a reassuring thought. Right. Because, you know, I've always told people, if you place your confidence in me— I'll fail you. <laughs> For sure. You know, I I won't mean to, and it may not be in some huge egregious way, but in some way, somehow, I will disappoint you, you know. I won't always be kind. I won't always be loving. I won't always be the person that I should be, uh, and and then... Uh, you see the flaw. That's one of the problems. If you have a pastor, and I hope you have a pastor, <laughs> no matter how good your pastor is, he in some way he's going to disappoint you at some time. Yeah. And you just have to look to see the the total walk of the man. What is his walk really like? And then, you know what? account for the fact that sometimes he's not in the best of moods, sometimes he is hurting, sometimes he's lonely, sometimes he is a little depressed. And should your pastor be? No. But he's also human, right? Hey, by the way, we didn't talk about it, but what church do you go to?
2: (laughs) I go to a church uh, called Doxa Church. It's out in Rockland off of Sunset in the sixty-five. Um, Pastor Scott Hollingshead leads that church, and uh, it's been such a gift from God to just find him, direct my steps to be a member there.
1: Uh, I got an opportunity, when I was about to hire Jeremy, I wanted to do the due diligence. I was convinced in my heart that Jeremy was the right guy, that God was leading me to hire him, but I wanted to do what I would expect to be done, and that's call his pastor, get a reference, find out what uh what's going on and so when i I talked to I talked to Scott, and by the way, we got along super i yeah. was you know i was what i hear from him too I was thrilled to be able to talk to him and he's going to come out sometime in the next month or two I guess and we're going to give him a tour and show him what we do uh, but he was he was high on you you know he really thought this was the right place for you and i was i was encouraged because i could hear his sincerity his enthusiasm you know when we started to talk about the Lord, I could feel and hear his excitement, you know, mm-hmm. and that makes me excited too, right, because when you get in a room and you're talking with somebody and they're like-minded on that, it's like whoo-hoo, you know,
2: yeah, I think the thing that uh stood out most to me about him is his love for the Word of God his, Amen. uh for the whole sixty six books of the inspired sufficient Word of God he. He is uh a man about the word and uh, that's what that church is about, preaching the word, teaching the word and living it out and uh very impressive
1: yep and and you know what I've often told people, look, if your pastor is the not the greatest linguist in the world, if your pastor, you go, oh, you know, he's a little, and I'm not saying this of Scott. I know that Scott is uh, excited and dynamic, but I've heard guys deliver the word, but they were accurate, but they just weren't, you know, they weren't relevant or dynamic or. No, they weren't dynamic. <laughs> but guess what? Give me a man that is a man of the word. Right. Uh, who's maybe not as charismatic as as the next guy, and I just mean that as far as exciting and everything. But you give me a guy like that over a guy that's flash and style, and man, he knows the jokes, he knows how to put it together, and he's just super interesting, but he's vacant on on teaching. It's substance, yeah. Yeah, there's there's nothing there. There's only fluff. Right. So, uh I will choose the boring guy every time. Yeah. But then when you get a guy uh who's a good preacher, who's in the word, uh and and really is able to deliver. Yeah, that's a that's a trifecta, right? That's, that's great. That's when for sure. He
2: graduated from masters seminary uh, great, also, so he has seminary. a good. Good theology underneath him and uh just loves preaching the word he he can't help it kind of overflow with excitement up there that that's his job is he gets to preach the word of God to people that he loves
1: yeah no and and I have been I am grateful to have uh, some people in my life that that are great on their theology and they they have a great uh delivery of the word uh I know you guys have heard me talk about him before, but Robert Briggs at, mm. you know, Emmanuel Baptist Church, Emmanuel with an I. Uh, he's got that advantage, though. You know, he not only knows a word, but he's got that Scottish accent. You he's know? worked really hard at, at getting that, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Practiced oh, yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at any rate, there's a lot of men in this town who are delivering messages from the pulpit that are sound, solid, and... You know what? Go when you go to your church, you go first and and then you listen and then you do Berean style. Check the word. Is he really really giving you this word correctly? You know, and then you can look at style and all that stuff, but look at the substance first. Make sure this man is a man of the word, a man of God. And if he is, then you need to not just go and spill a pew but you need to be a member of that church mm. you need to be a member of the family of that church uh i can't tell you you know how how much richer your experience will be if you don't just come in and out on sunday before anybody sees you right right yeah yeah you need to plug in
2: uh press in two relationships there. You know, uh, just to bring it back home to the mission, to the Union Gospel mission, yeah, amen. that's definitely where we want to uh, eventually get guys to uh, connected to the yeah. body for ongoing continued discipleship so that they can serve within the context of the local church. As uh, So that's right. we, we want to have a high view of the church there and teach it among those guys and let them know what a privilege it is to be a member uh, of the body of Christ, Um, which is uh, historically, in my experience, is a tough transition. It is. To go from the context of a mission where the guys all around you and the Pastor Lanes and the Jeremys are like family to you, uh, to kind of separate yourself and leave that nest and then go trust yourself to some people you don't know at a local church. Um, I just encourage you, if you're listening, to... Maybe think about connecting uh, with a guy being a uh, from our mission. So when that transition happens, they can be a liaison of some sort exactly. uh, to ease that transition. Because to have decades of time under your belt that you've lived a life uh, that these guys have lived and I've lived, uh, it's a tough transition to 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 feel like you belong to people that have had such a different history. Although we have the most important thing in common, those those uh that's difficult but hopefully we'll be training equipping and sending men into uh local church so healthy well balanced
1: bible believing church absolutely you know eric rios is our aftercare specialist and we always encourage the men the last three months to find a healthy well balanced bible believing church uh Eric goes to Elk Grove Bible Church, which is a healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing church. His pastor is a good pastor. The staff out there, you know, um, Joanne, who works out there, came—she was at the mission as well, and she was going there. We've had graduates go over there. Uh, Adam uh, is over at at Elk Grove Bible Mm Church— Yeah, I understand he's getting married pretty soon, so uh, it's it's really an amazing place to go. Uh, Doxa, I can tell you right now that I have every confidence that Doxa is a great church, a little far away for some of our guys, uh, but not all of them. Some of them are going to move to Roseville and Rockland and right. Citrus Heights, and then uh, IBC downtown and uh, there's just a lot of churches that I've been associated. I mean, not me personally going out there, but uh, I have met a lot of a lot of pastors that are sold out for the gospel of Christ, and that's what you want to look for, right? Yes. So, I had uh, I had one poor lady who t- <laughs> who told me that that her pastor told her that if you've gotten the COVID vaccine. You are beyond the redemption of God, mm. and I told her you need to leave your church <laughs>
2: right yeah
1: that's uh, just crazy stuff,
2: yeah, hopefully we can start uh kind of instilling this love for the fidelity to god 's word amen uh, and and sound doctrine in these guys' lives while we have the privilege of being a part of their life, uh, so that it's um They they know the taste of it. They know the sound of solid preaching and teaching, and they can identify a good, healthy, biblically sound church like Pastor Lane's talking about. But we want to teach them while we have them how to identify that. And just, you know, they they don't teach you how to identify uh, fake money by looking at fake money. They have you identify it by handling a lot of the real money. And so we want to give them the real and adulterated gospel Amen. biblically while we have them so that they don't want anything different when they leave.
1: And, and to your point, the Bureau of Printing and Engraving does just that. They don't show them 50 different counterfeit bills. Just look at the one, like you said, <laughs> look at the one that's real, yes. and then you'll know what isn't real. Right. Right? Yeah. So... We don't need to study all this and all that. We just need to know the faith. Right. And so we can recognize it. It's, uh, it's like you said, brother. Yeah. You know, there's just—there's just, uh, so many good churches out there. And yeah, there's a lot of churches that shouldn't be churches. But we need to sift out the wheat from the chaff, right? right. And so uh, there's a lot of good ones and like you said, we want them to know. We got one minute left again. Okay. So got anything you'd like to say to our friends out there, brother? Uh, let's see. Um, I'd
2: love to meet you guys. I'm looking forward to you guys coming and visiting and touring the campus and uh, having you stop by my office. Uh, I'm open. I, I love people and uh, looking forward to being a part of Union Gospel Mission for a long time. Thank you, Pastor Lane,
1: and, uh, uh, for the opportunity. You. Uh, and I as well, uh, you know. Once we're through all this, I really—I've <laughs> been doing tours, and we had a little bit of an outbreak. We're going to get through this. I want to give you guys a tour. I would love to show you what we are doing out there. Yep. People are always surprised, and yeah, they're surprised about the physical things. But as always, my dearest friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. Amen.